Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Sandra Booker. Sandra is an online business manager and founder of Any Old Task, a small but mighty group of passionate peeps who love getting stuff done and helping people run their business like a lean, but never mean, fighting machine. In her efficiently used spare time, she teaches women how to get to 50K a year in their own virtual assistant practices, even if it's their first year in business. Her clients include familiar names like Tarzan K and Laura Belgray. She's received accolades in her community like the 40 Under 40 Award, and she's on a mission to help her clients generate the same kind of raving clients she enjoys in her own business. During this conversation, Sandra is a wealth of knowledge that's going to help you with hiring in your own business. We start off by talking about what is the difference between a virtual assistant and an online business manager, which is very important if you are going to hire either, that you know what the difference is so you hire the right one. We also talk about how hiring can start small. It does not have to be an all or nothing with a full-time position. You need to hire what is right for your business. She goes on to share so many tips of things that she learned along the way of how to find the right team members and how she even helps her clients find the right team members today for their business and set those relationships up for success. So let's jump into the conversation and hear all the goodness that Sandra has to share with us about hiring. Welcome, Sandra, to the Growing Your Team podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Jamie. It's so great to be here. Good. Can you kick us off with telling us a little bit about yourself and your business? Ah, sure thing. Uh, So me, I've kind of like mini history is that I've always been somebody who was kind of like a problem solver. I was the the kid in school who would help the teacher. You know, I was the person who would help other people on their projects. Um, And even though that that was always a consistent theme in my life where I was always like helping out in all areas, it never struck me as really a thing to do as a business. Um, It didn't strike me as like, this is my passion or anything. It was just something I did. Um, And then fast forward in, you know, much further into the future where like working, I've worked in call centers, I've worked in um, uh, accounting firms, things like that. Um, the The thing, the trend continued where I was always like the person that did all roles. I was always helping everywhere. Um, and then one day my daughter came home. Uh, she's in 
incredibly introverted and has social anxiety, um, as so many people do. Um, but she came home and she wanted to go on a school trip to Iceland. And the fact that she wanted to go outside with strangers, <laughs> like I was like, what? Okay, how do I make this happen? Um, and at the time I was working two jobs, you know, typical story, just trying to make ends meet. Um, and as, and somebody told me about, um, uh, it was Fiverr actually, where you could put your, you know, stuff that you want to do up and people pay you. I thought, hey, maybe I'll make a few extra dollars. Um, so I started with transcription work um, and I was lucky enough to put it in the wrong area. I put it in virtual assistant area. Uh, so people started asking me what else I can do. Um, and I started just telling, oh, I can do this and I can do this. And it kind of like just snowballed from there. Like within a year she had, I had, you know, she had gone to Iceland. I was, she already had another trip to New York planned. Um, you know, for the first time ever we had savings. And then a friend said, you know, you could make this a business. And it had never even occurred to me to make it a business. Right. Um, so that was like end of 2014. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And uh, yeah, that's when the whole business, any old task was born. Uh, the name literally came from the fact that when I first started out, I had no idea what I was <laughs> going to focus on. So I'm like any, anything, any old task, I'll, I'll do anything. Um, now I'm much more <laughs> streamlined and niche down as to what I do. Um, but yeah, that's where the humble beginnings, as they say. Yeah. So what tasks do you focus on now? So what I do now is I have me personally, I do business management um, for a couple of key clients. And I have a couple of people under me that do some virtual assistant uh, work, mostly uh, customer service inbox uh, management, scheduling, um, and a lot of launch help doing, helping our clients through their launches and sending out emails and setting up landing pages and all of the wonderful things that go with that. Right. So there's a few things I want to dig in there. Like first, one of the things I just want to like kind of call out is for those of you who are listening, when it comes to hiring, I know there's a lot of hesitation around hiring because you're like, I can't afford a full-time person yet. I can't do this. I can't, I, it just seems so much and so overwhelming. But one of the things mm -hmm. that we just listened to Sandra saying is she was doing these, these tasks for businesses at first. It was these smaller tasks. Like people, I'm assuming, weren't necessarily hiring you for these long-term ongoing, yeah. ongoing projects. They were little things. So no one hiring. I know mostly on this podcast and everything, we talk about those long-term hires. Well, you can hire for one-off projects. You don't have to go like all or nothing when hiring. Get the help where you need it, when you need it. Rely on experts and other people who have the time, skill, and expertise. So you can focus on what you need to focus on so you can continue growing your business. And eventually, maybe some of those tasks turn into more permanent positions, or some of them are never going to turn into more permanent positions where you're only ever going to need those one-off people for it. So just keep that in mind as you're listening, that you don't always have to go all in on hiring. Hiring for one-off tasks, as Sandra started, can be great for your business. So exactly. Yeah. The other thing that I want to dig into, because I feel like this is something that causes a lot of confusion for people, is you mentioned that, you know, so obviously you do a lot of the the online business management. So we hear a lot of the terms in the online space, OBM for short for online business manager. And then we hear, hear virtual assistant. And I feel like sometimes there's a lot of confusion between the two. And sometimes people mm -hmm. use the name interchangeably. Can you give us a little bit more information about 
what each one of those uh, kind of responsibilities are, what tasks you would outsource, when you would use each one of those. Yeah, for sure. So first of all, something to, to kind of note is that years ago when virtual assistants first really started becoming a thing, they were, um, it was just, they did one thing. They were administrative assistants doing the, the work virtually. Nowadays, the, the words virtual assistant isn't a job description, it's more of an industry and under virtual. So I like to call it virtual support services because under virtual assistant, you're gonna find people who specialize in social media and people who specialize in just general administration and people who specialize in launch management. So you'll find a lot of people calling themselves VAs who actually specialize in a, a support service of some type. Yeah, I love yeah. that. That's one thing when people, someone's like, I wanna hire a VA and I'm like, okay, that is the broadest term out there. Like, let's narrow this down. What exactly do you need? Cause just cause a VA is great at what they do does not mean they're gonna be great for you. So let's find the right things you need help with and find that person. So. Exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh, I could talk for days about that. Um, and then the difference between like a virtual assistant and like a traditional general administrative virtual assistant and an OBM is um, the online business manager. And again, you do get people that act as both. And when I first started, I kind of acted as both. Um, an online business manager, uh, a true online business manager is somebody who is just gonna be managing your, your business. They're not doing day-to-day -day tasks. They're not checking your email for you or managing your schedule necessarily. What they're doing is, um, making sure that your projects are moving forward, helping you like figure out what your goals are, um, making sure that you have key performance indicators, you know, actually set and what they are and make sure that you're tracking them. Um, they just basically help the business run. If you have a team, they'll help manage your team, uh, those kinds of things. But in the space, um, in the online space, you do get people who are online business managers who will do those VA tasks as well, where they, you know, they might check your, help with your customer service or do your scheduling. Typically they will at some point in time split. They will decide they are either full OBMs or they are either VAs for your business because it's really hard, especially as the business grows to do a good job at both of those levels of right. thinking. Yeah. And I feel like that's a very important thing to call out. And this is one thing that I train on a lot with my clients is sometimes we feel like as business owners, we wear many hats. So we expect our team members to wear many hats. And sometimes mm -hmm. that's okay. And sometimes at the beginning, they're going to wear many hats because you can hire someone, whether it's full-time or 20 hours a week or whatever it is, but the tasks that they have to do can easily be split between that time. So if you're looking at someone who's working 20 hours a week, you have 10 hours worth of tasks under one bucket, 10 hours of tasks worth under, mm -hmm. under the other bucket. But as your business grows, typically both or one of those buckets is going to significantly grow and then things start competing for time. So there's exactly. the choice of, do I do this? Or do I do that? And then you're constantly in this thing of thinking that person's not doing everything that they need. They're no longer doing their full job, but it's the fact that they they can't do it all because they don't have enough time. And typically, as you said, that people will start focusing and want on the thing that they enjoy more. So there comes a time, yeah. even if there's multiple hats at first, that there is this natural split as your business continues to grow, where you need to start hiring uh, for 
people to go over each bucket versus combining buckets. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I do say like when you are doing that split, um, when you do get to the point of doing the split, I think it's important. Some people just, they make the decision that person's going to be this role and I'll get somebody else for the other. Um, it's really important to talk to the person and see, because you might, you might say, well, I hired them as a VA, so that's what they're going to be, but they might really be really good at the management piece and um, already know your business inside and out. And that's a harder role to hire for anyway. So mm -hmm. just talk to them about like what, they where they see themselves in the business um, rather than some people just do it autonomously and then that can create problems for them. Right. And I think I feel like that's very important, whether it is these contractors outsources, outsource people that you're working with or whether it's employees is always having those conversations and that communication. Like we plan our businesses, we figure things out, we create can create these maps of like, OK, this is what my structure needs to look like now. This is what my structure is going to look like in the future. And we start plugging people in. But one of the things that makes someone successful in their role is the desire to be there. So they might yeah. have the skills, they might have the ability to learn anything that they're currently lacking, but do they want to be in that role? And you alone don't know if they want to be in that role unless you're having those conversations. Exactly, exactly. And uh, just also keeping the, the conversation open, a lot of people when they hire a virtual assistant, um, they kind of put, slot them in that in the hierarchy is, well, that person's down here. Therefore, if I have any questions on this level, I need to find somebody else to ask. And I always tell people, make sure you ask your existing team the questions that you're about to ask somebody else you're gonna hire or a mastermind or anybody, because those people in your team, one, a good, a good employee, virtual assistant or subcontractor of any kind is gonna be constantly learning. Um, and they also have the insights into your business and the insights into you personally that you probably don't even realize that they know all this stuff and tap into that knowledge before you go outside of the business. Yes, like that is so important. It's one of those things where, you know, if you're going to hire, look at your internal team first, see where, yeah. if the right person is there. And I know um, I was recently speaking with someone and they're like, well, I don't think this person wants to go into that role. And it's like, ask them anyway. That's you never fun. know. And this was someone who was a virtual assistant, who was a contract position, and they needed someone to move into a full-time employee position. And they're like, mm -hmm. I don't think they do, you know, because obviously virtual assistants in the most cases, they're running their own businesses, you know, so you're only one of their multiple clients. But I was like, you never know. That person could be running their own business and sitting there and saying, I love doing this work. I hate running the business portion of it. And someone offers them a position where they can continue doing that work and not have to worry about the business end of things. Some people might say, yes, I'm jumping right on that. And other people might say, no, I don't want to go to work with you full time. I'm going to continue doing this. If it no longer is a mesh for two of us, the two of us to work together, then we're going to have to part ways. But thank you for the offer. Exactly. Exactly. My whole goal, like, when I started my business, my goal with all of my clients is to help them grow to a point where they no longer need me or because right. they need to, they need a full-time employee. And so far, every time I get them to that part, that point, it, it also ends up being where there's a split. So yes, they need to hire for this role and then they still need me for X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. um, so 
yeah, always talking to the person, asking them because yes, they may decide they want to just end their business because it, it running a business is stressful. Right. And, and most people don't go, get into a business to run a business. They get into a business to do some sort of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just having to run the business is, you know, the thing that uh, can, can be really daunting for some people. So. Right. So in those cases where you're working with your clients, they've now grown to the point where they need to bring in someone else. Are you involved in the process sometimes of them, of helping to kind of refill your shoes and uh, find that new person for them? Yeah, usually, usually I am. Usually I'm the one that um, even suggests that they do it. I'm usually the one that says, okay, I think it's time for you to actually look at like, let's crunch some numbers and figure it out. Um, I usually help them create the job description. I used to work in HR. So um, I typically help them even with some, some people I had to help them with the interviews and everything. So I've done the full hiring process for some people, some people, they just have me do the job description and they do the rest themselves. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's important is when it comes time, whether you know an employee is leaving, you know you need something else, is like really tapping into that person who's been doing that role to help develop that job description or be involved in the process in some way, shape, or form. Because if you haven't been doing the role yourself as that as the boss, you're you might miss things. You yeah. you know what to expect from the role. You know some of the tasks, but when it really comes down to the day to day, the dirty little details, the person who's been doing the job is going to be able to tell you the most of what it takes to be successful, what they're doing in order to achieve things that you're not even realizing. Exactly. And if you have like a job description for that role that previously exists, don't just say, well, that's done. I'm going to use that job description because roles continuously evolve and grow and change. So you need to revisit it. Um, and then also one thing that I do tell people when you do have somebody on your team, make sure that one of their responsibilities is to create processes and procedures around what they're doing and to keep those up to date, um, or at least to help somebody else in your team create those processes so that when they leave or when you replace them or when a change happens, there are, there's already training guidelines. There's already tools that your new hire can use to get you know, get up to speed because you never know what's going to happen with your teams. Yeah. And those are great words. You never know what is going to happen with your team. And that is something I have to tell people all the time is even that team member that is awesome. You love, they love working for you. You never know what's going to happen. That's going to make it so they cannot continue with you. Like if your business is a has a physical location and cannot, the work cannot be done remotely. You never know what's going to happen. That's going to cause possibly this person to move to across the country and not be able to work for you. Even if you're running an online business and you're like, well, my team members can work anywhere. Something could come up, let's say with their family and they have to take a step back. So you never know what's going to happen. So yes, you want to create these relationships. So you have team yeah. members long-term, but you always have to kind of like be ready and conscious to the fact that they might not be there long-term. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It it happens all the time and you, you, you can't, you can't predict it. And even like the best of employees, you know, just like your business is learning and growing, they are learning and growing. And, you know, people, people always say that people don't change, but um, that's not the case. People change all the time. So (laughs) even their own priorities might change that brings that makes them decide to 
to move on to something else. So yeah. yeah. And you never know what it's going to be. I can tell you, I, I loved my corporate job. <laughs> my corporate job <laughs> loved me. It was still one day. Um, it was just one of those days where everything was just falling on my plate. Like all these things where it's just, you just can't wait for the yep. day to be over. And it was just that it was like, I've always had this goal of starting my own business. Like, what am I waiting for? Like, yes, I love my job. I love what I'm doing. I love my team, but maybe now is the right yeah. time. And, and it was one of those things where I don't, they didn't necessarily see it, see it coming. Like I was a good loyal employee and, mm-hmm. you know, so now I did always tell them, I was like, yep, one of my goals is to start my own business. So they were at least a little happier that it was that and not leaving to go to another company, but, <laughs> but you never know what's going to happen. Still. Your most loyal team member could have a reason to leave tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. But now let's talk about the opposite of that. So you have a team member or maybe a VA or something that's starting to appear not so loyal anymore. They were great. <laughs> When they do their assignments, they're doing them flawlessly, but they're starting to maybe be a little bit unresponsive, maybe not completing tasks all the time on time anymore, or you're starting to see things that this is not the same as it used to be. What do you Mm -hmm. do in that situation? So again, communication is the key. Um, And remembering that remembering that most people want to do a good job. So there's probably a, a, a reason behind the, the decline in service. So it happens all the time when somebody hires a new virtual assistant, like a virtual assistant who's new to being a virtual assistant, where when they start, you're their only client. And then they get other clients and virtual assistants as a rule have a hard time saying no to people. And then they get themselves in hot water because they've agreed to too many things. And if you're the type of person who has always been very lenient about due dates, then you're going to be the one that they're going to be like, oh, you know, Jamie always says it's okay. So I'll just put that off for a day or two to get this done. Jamie's always okay with me being a bit late. So I'll put this, put it off. And so just making sure that like understanding that that can be a, a, something that's happening. It's not necessarily like a problem with them. It just might be a problem with their their situation. Or it could be that maybe something's happened on your end. Maybe there's like, maybe um, at the beginning you were, you were communicating really well about your deadlines and maybe now you're not communicating. So the first step always is to reach out to them and say, hey, I've noticed that this has been happening and I just wanted to see, you know, connect with you and see what's, why this might be occurring. Um, it's always I about correcting like, the process. I feel like that is so important to say. And it's one of those things that I train on all the time. It's like, as the business owner or the boss, you help set the expectation. So sometimes you realize that the expectation you set is not really the expectation that you want. So what you said there was so important, the fact that you might have been very relaxed on deadlines. So Mm -hmm. they learned it's okay to be relaxed on deadlines on their own side, that, you know, they're doing the behavior that you taught them was okay. And unless you go back and correct that and change that and have those conversations, what they're doing is what you expect in their mind. So you need to change it and you need to have those conversations. And I love the way that you approach that. It's have the conversations and ask the questions. It's not go in, discipline them and yell at them and, you know, all that. It's 
the conversation, find out what's going on. Yep. And then set your future expectations. So like, okay, so this is what's happening. How can we correct that issue? And then going forward, this is kind of, this is what we, ex- I expect. Yep. And this is what I need for my business to, to thrive. Yes. Um, and it's okay to be strict and stern and like set your, set your expectations but also be human and be like, no, like say, yeah, I understand that sometimes things is going to happen, but what I need is you to give me, you know, notice or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And then to work with them to set deadlines. Sometimes people will, you know, I have this project, hey, and they'll put it in the task into the project management tool and they'll set a due date for tomorrow or whatever. Um, and then the person on the receiving end just tries to get it done rather than, stopping and going, okay, is it feasible for me to actually be able to complete this in that amount of time? So like encouraging the communication both ways by saying like, telling them that if I ever, you know, if I were ever set a deadline for you that we haven't talked about, that's too tight, please let me know ASAP, like take a look at your workload and let me know so that I can make alternate arrangements or whatnot. Right. Um, Yeah. So communicating and encouraging communication is the right the number one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like that's so important, especially when it comes to deadlines. One of the things I try to tell people when they're working with virtual assistants or anything like that is remembering that you're a client of theirs because they're they're a contractor. So as the business, you're a client of theirs. And think about your clients. Would you be happy all the time if they were setting these deadlines that you knew you couldn't achieve or or anything like that and not really communicating things properly? Um, so once you start like thinking of it that way, if your clients were treating you this way, how would you feel? Okay, they're probably feeling similar. So make sure you're respecting that relationship. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what about knowing that it's time to call it quits for that relationship? You know, how do you get to that point where saying, okay, for whatever reason, this VA is no longer working out? So, so the first thing is um, a few rules that I have learned in, in my time. One, hire slow, fire fast. So you should always take your time to find the right person for the role. Um, and then once they're there, if they're not a fit, you cut them as soon as, you know, as soon as you, as soon as you have that first inkling that they're not a fit, that's like, okay, the timer is set. Now I'm going to communicate with them, you know, let them know what I need. And if it doesn't change, then they're gone. Um, that needs to be a quick process because what happens all the time is people like they get to a point where they're desperate and they need somebody in the role they ask a friend for a referral, they hire a VA all within the span of a week or two. And then that VA starts and they just keep holding on to the person because they're like, well, maybe they'll get better. Maybe it's more training that's needed. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. So-and-so says they're great. So it must be me. Um, and even if it is you, it doesn't matter. Like not everybody's a fit for everybody. So even if it, the problem is you, it's still them and you together um, is not a fit. So I would say what I like to do is when I bring somebody new on, I check in with them every single day for at least, you know, five, 10 minutes. And we just go over, you know, how are you feeling today? What did you get? Like, you know, what were your top three for today? What did you get done? Um, Are there any, you know, what are your questions, concerns, 
critical issues, what's happening in your end. And that way you can identify, um, you can identify their learning because you can, if they have the same question every single day, you're like, okay, you're not getting this. I don't, you know, or I'm not communicating it properly for this person. Um, but it's just easier to see when you communicate every single day, it's easier to see that trend of, okay, this isn't getting better. So for the first like good month that they're on board, I make sure I communicate every single day and then I can drop it down to like two or three times a week um, uh, if necessary. Right. But yeah, checking in with them every day and asking them like, what, what did you find hard today? What did you find easy today? And um, you don't have to check all of their work. Usually they're pretty good with communicating, so. Right. There's a, there's so many things in there that I just want to go back and reiterate. So you brought up the terms and the thing, hire slowly, fire quickly. And this is actually something in episode 58 that just came out two weeks ago with Lane Lyons. We talked about in that episode too. So once again, I feel like this is so important because so many people hear that and they're like, hire slowly. And they think of, it's an excuse not to hire, to not mm-hmm. to put off hiring. And as we talked about in the episode with Lane and now uh, Sandra was talking about, it's not not hiring. It's exactly. making sure you're hiring the right person. Yes. And that is so important is you want to make sure you're hiring the right person. And, and yes, like sometimes people don't go through, check all the boxes, they pass everything. They, they show you that they're the right person and then they get in there and they're just not grasping it. It doesn't happen often if you have a good hiring process, but it can happen. So if you notif- if you identify that, and like Sandra was saying, you check in with the person. If there's those trends of they're continually not getting it, they're not getting better, they're doing the same mistakes over and over again, it's a sign that they're never gonna be able to do it. Cut your losses, let them go and move on because- as you were saying, like, you don't want to keep holding on to someone that's never going to be able to do the job and saying, well, maybe they'll get better. Maybe they'll get better because chances are they're not. If they've already proved to you that they can't, they're not going to get better. And exactly. Yeah. And I think that is really important. Once again, it goes all back to hiring well and having the right process to hire well, because people that can, you can, typically identify who is capable of doing the job during the hiring process if you have the right hiring process in place. So it'll help you really identify who is right and who is wrong. So you're less likely to get into the cycle of having to hire and fire because people aren't the right fit. Yeah, 100%. Having a really good hiring process that assesses people, not just on their experience, but on their, um, they're, they're fit for the culture of your business and the fit for the mission of your business. Um, and like, are they going to be the type of person that, um, that, you know, is in there to, to, to help and to make things move forward, or are they the type of person to just be in there, get their job done and leave? Um, you know, it's the, I, I read, read, uh, what was it? The ideal team player. Um, and that was a really good, good book. Um, I can't remember the author. I'm terrible with author names, but, um, I apologize to the author. It was a really good book, The Ideal Team Player, and it gives you like a really good resource of uh, questions that you can ask during the interview period, but not just the questions, the what to look for in the answer, because I think a lot of people ask these questions not really understanding what the point of the questions are and you yes. know what they should be looking for. So um, yeah, do a little bit of research, create a great hiring process. And then if you do that and then check in with your, your new hire daily, you should 
know without a question of the doubt within two to three weeks if the person will be able to um, stay. Yes. All right. It looks like the idea team player, it's by Patrick, and I'm totally going to butcher this last name, but Lencioni, I think it is L-E-N-C-I-O-N-I. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And that is actually like what some of the things that I do when I create hiring strategies for my clients, not only do I provide them what to ask, but I tell them why they're asking each question, why, what it's going to uncover, how it ties back to what they told me was important about the person who's going to be filling that role or about their company or about the position. So that way, every question, it has a purpose and they understand that purpose and they know how to identify if the answer that the, the candidate gave is an answer that shows that they can do whatever we're trying to uncover versus it just being an answer that sounds really well, but it's not answering it correctly. It's not answering it and giving what we need. And, yeah. and so, yeah, it's all about having that right hiring process to uncover what you need and understanding what you need and why it's important. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then, and then also like on flip side of that during the process, paying attention to the questions they ask you during the hiring process as well. Um, you know, are they asking you how to do something that you've already explained in the, in, in the, the process? Are they asking you just about how much you're, you know, how much you're paying and how much, like, you know, what your the time lives? Like, those are kind of questions that, yeah, everybody needs to know that information. But if they're asking, one, if they're asking for stuff you've already told them, that's to me always a red flag. Um, Cause this is when they should be on their A game. They should be like right. double checking everything before they come and ask me a question. So if they're, if they come and ask me a question I've already answered, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that this is a fit. <laughs> um, but hopefully they're asking about you and your business, but also have, also already know a bit about your business. They shouldn't be saying, hey, what do you do? They be saying, I see that you take care of these kind of things, how, you know, and then ask questions about their the potential role based on what they already know about your business. Right. Yeah. No, I feel like that's that's so important. And depending on what you're hiring for the position, what qualities and skill sets you're looking for in the person, there's some areas where you can be a little bit more flexible on like the type of questions they ask you. But if you're asking or looking for someone who has strong attention to detail and they're asking questions to prove that they really didn't pay attention to the job posting, they're showing you that they don't have strong attention to detail. Like I know I was hiring someone once and it was very clear that this is going to be a Zoom interview. I'm going to provide you the Zoom information. Please join with video. And then it was like, right before the interview, they're asking me, is this a video interview or are you calling me? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. it, I'm like, the meeting planner says Zoom. Like I provided <laughs> you only a Zoom link. Like, Okay. Like, all right, so this person really isn't paying attention to detail and might not be the right fit for this role. So yeah, I also like building in little tests into the process as well. So if there is a, you know, like a piece of software that you use all the time, that's, um, you know, they can, that they, that has documentation available online, for instance, like Mm -hmm. a lot of my clients use ConvertKit for their email marketing. So as part of the hiring process, I'll say things like, 
I know that you've probably never heard of or used this tool before, but even though I know you've never heard of it, I still want you to tell me how do I add preview text to a ConvertKit email? And I asked them that because literally all they have to do is copy and paste those words that the question that I've asked into Google and they will get the exact article that I expect them to find with the exact answer I expect them to give. Right. But I get all sorts of answers to that question. Some people just say no. <laughs> Some people say I've never heard of it, but I assume it would be this and they just take a guess. So like if you have anything in your business where you can like build in a a test, um, it really helps to see like the thought process behind somebody and how well they communicate information to you. You can get a lot from that simple, simple question. Right. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. It's like building in things, making sure it's relevant to the position. Don't make them mm -hmm. be doing things to test people when it's not relevant. Like I've had that before. Where I'm just like, all right, we don't care about that. Like, that's not exactly. going to prove that they're good at that job. Like, yes, that someone needs that to be good at a different job, not this position. So we're not wasting people's time because you're going to disqualify people that don't deserve to be disqualified. But yeah, if there's yeah. things you can do that are relevant to the position, relevant to even that, like if you're um, in one of those things, like you probably don't want someone who's calling you up every day to be like, how do I do this? How do I do that? I don't know. I, I was stuck. You want someone who could also go and, research if they don't know how to do it. And so that exactly. is a great example of give them something that they could easily go research, something that they might not know, but can they find the answer on their own? Exactly. Yeah, so I exactly. love that. So before we start wrapping up, I do have one more question that I want to talk about, about hiring VAs and everything. This is a common question that I get a lot. And for people that are looking to really start hiring for the first time, forming those first long-term relationships, how do you really know if hiring a VA is right for you and if it's the right time? So I'd say that um, the right time is actually kind of like, a, it, it's the question everybody wants to know about. And it's always like very, um, you know, a very unknown, it seems super complicated. Like, how do I know it's the right time to hire? If you're going to hire a VA, I say, are you, are you getting through all your tasks in a day? Likely as an entrepreneur, you're not. Are you working more than eight hours a day? Likely as an entrepreneur, you are. Do you have, can you afford to pay at least say $500 a month, every month for the next three to six months? Um, and not miss the money, like it's not gonna be a hardship on your, on your business, then you're ready, hire somebody. Because you can, tr you can typically fi find a VA to start for, you know, 10 hours maybe at, you know, for 500 or less a month. Um, and a lot of people that first initial step is that kind of like 10 hour mark. Um, and so that's, that's number one. Two is if you, if you're already very, very overwhelmed in your work, um, then you're past time to hire somebody. So a lot of right. the people wait until they're way overwhelmed to hire. And that's like, now you're putting more stress on yourself. So do it like when you're, you get to that point where yes, it's not gonna be a financial hardship on your business. It's not gonna tank your business to do it. Um, and then that would be the, the a good, starting point as like yeah. a 10 hour. 
Yeah. And I feel like that whole thing of like, don't wait until you're too overwhelmed is an important one. Cause typically if you're too overwhelmed, you're too overwhelmed to put the processes in place and that you need to be able to communicate to a VA their tasks. You know, they, they just mm-hmm. can't come in and read your mind, take things off your plate if they don't know what to take off your plate. So you need to have that. It's kind of like the thing is like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, but you can't, you need to hire before you're so overwhelmed that you absolutely need the help because you need to be able to get the person up to speed, get processes in place. You don't want to wait too long. Exactly, exactly. And the other thing to, to kind of think about doing, uh, you know, if it's come into your mind that maybe you might start needing help, do a, a bit of a, um, like, a, an analysis of your time, just like take two weeks. And for those two weeks, mark down every single thing you do from the time you get up in the morning to the time you go to bed, because as an entrepreneur, you know that you're working all hours of the day. Um, and just mark down everything that you're doing in a day as you're doing it. So it's not, it's not you trying to remember what you've done. It's as you're doing it, write it down so that at the end of the two weeks, you can then start seeing, oh, well, here's a big chunk of admin work I could totally give somebody else to do. Because a lot of us, like when we're trying to think of what we could give a new employee or a new subcontractor, we try, we think of the things we hate doing, but the things that we hate doing aren't always going to be the biggest bang for your buck. (laughs) So, you know, try and give away those as soon as you you can. But um, when you you have something that you really don't like doing, but it only takes an hour of your time a week, um, then that's not usually, usually enough to hire somebody on. So do the, the, the analysis of your time, and then you can go from there and see like, this is the big chunk of where I'm going to get the most time back in my day. Exactly. Well, thank you for sharing all that. You've shared so much good information today, Sandra. So can you tell people, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, you can find me online at anyoldtask.ca and I'm on Instagram as anyoldtask and Facebook as anyoldtask.ca. Just to be confusing. Awesome. Thank you. And of course, <laughs> that will all be in the show notes so people can go and find you. All right. So to wrap up, I always like to end by asking my guests the same question. We've all had leaders or managers that stood out to us. Can you think of the most impactful leaders or managers that you have had and share with us one thing that made them stand out as a great leader to you? So I've been lucky that I've had a lot of great managers in my past. Um, And I can tell you that the number one, the number one quality that they all had was that, or trait that they all had was that they treated the people that they worked with um, as equals and as adults and as human beings. They understood that everybody was there to do a job and that most people show up to work wanting to do their job well. Um, so they, as a result of like kind of having this inherent uh, quality of, you know, treating people as, you know, people and not underlings, um, they were able to easily give those people the autonomy to shine in their role. Um, and that's the, the one trait I think every good leader needs. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Well, thank you, Sandra, so much for sharing today and joining us on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Jamie. It was a pleasure. And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Do you have questions about anything discussed in today's episode? 
Or do you have other questions related to hiring and managing your team? Then I invite you to join us over in the Growing Your Team Facebook community. The group is designed to provide you support as you grow and manage the team who will save you time and earn both you and your business more. So come on over and join us in the Growing Your Team Facebook group and let's grow you the team that you need and deserve. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.